Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. After a fair bit of time off, it is a pleasure to be back with all of you. Uh, before introducing today's guest and episode, just a couple of quick announcements, bring you guys up to speed on what's been going on. So first of all, uh, this is the countdown, the eight-week countdown of the podcast, or at least for, uh, I'm going to be taking a little bit of a hiatus. So what is going to happen, I'm going to, I have got a whole bunch of guests, a bunch of different guests, some returning guests, which is always a pleasure to be speaking with those people. So yeah, we're going to be doing eight weeks uh, where I'm going to basically just try and record as many guests as I can in that period of time, at which point I'm going to shut it down. I am going to then do the mythology, I guess we can call it a lecture series. I, I haven't really figured out what to call it yet, so <laughs> if I think of something better, I'll change it, but I'm very much looking forward to that, and I think the way that is going to go, every month I'll upload an episode on some different mythological topic, and it's been a really great thing for me uh, because it also ties in really well with the record training that I'm doing. And so I have a stack of about 20 books. There's a lot of Carl Jung in there. Um, <laughs> I'm trying my best. <laughs> that stuff's challenging, but I'm trying my best uh, with that. So it's going to be very interesting um, as far as we're going to talk about some mythological stories. I'm going to connect them with some modern things, some things that uh, have come up within my own training. We're going to get into some neuroscience stuff. So it's it's going to be this real, um, my favorite word, eclectic uh, bunch of topics and just kind of pulling them all together and creating these lecture style podcasts that hopefully are uh, very interesting and thought provoking for yourself because they certainly are for me. And that's kind of the idea. So share that knowledge and hopefully get you, uh, I mean, worst case scenario, you'll, you'll be a really great dinner party host or a dinner party guest. You'll have a lot of interesting things to discuss. Um, yep. And alongside the guest episodes, uh, continuing to do the training series update episodes. Those ones are kind of hard for me to uh, plan ahead of time just because uh I just kind of do them when something strikes me, uh, which unfortunately kind of happens fairly often. So I figure probably, I mean, at the minimum, it'll be one per week. Uh, I'm thinking it'll probably be about two uh, episodes per week uh, on average uh, between now and the eight-week period. So you'll notice for today, uh, there's a training update episode that actually ties in very well with today's guest, uh, Jess St. John. Uh, I met Jess, I guess it's, uh, when is this, six weeks, a month? So I don't know. The time kind of blends. Uh, <laughs> after a while, time kind of comes together. But uh, we'll call it, we'll just call it six weeks. And she's been training me uh, doing some calisthenic stuff, some gymnastic style stuff, all of which is uh, very I mean, it's very challenging. You certainly, it feels really good to be humbled because uh, any time I start thinking that I'm pretty damn tough and pretty strong, I go and see her. And uh, yeah, she uh, deals out a healthy dose of humility, which is, uh, which is always, uh, always necessary uh, and enjoyable too. 
And anyway, uh, but the work that I do with Jess, um, she's a very interesting individual. Uh, and I just like her as a person. I just like the way that she carries herself and what she's trying to do with her life. It's as much as I enjoy being around people who can help me become better as far as just physical skills are concerned. I also really prefer being around people who have a bit of drive and they're determined in what they're trying to achieve. And it's especially better if it's different than what I'm doing. Because, you know, you want to be around diverse people. You want to be around, you know, I suppose as far as traits are concerned, you know, determination, discipline, humility, things like that. Um, that's common amongst the, the people that I spend most of my time with. But how they manifest that is all very different. And that's what's so enjoyable. Because you get to sort of see these different perspectives and attitudes that ultimately are all the same and it's positive uh, but just how they manifest it is different which is just so much fun to be around and uh, Jess is a great teacher uh, she's very patient with me <laughs> I ask her tons of questions and uh, lots of stupid questions and she just smiles and <laughs> she doesn't usually give me a hard time which is kind of tough I'm trying to I'm trying to poke her a little bit and uh, get her to talk some shit to me every now and then just because it's pretty funny uh, it's always fun to do that with people who are like not very confrontational it's always fun just to kind of poke them to see if they'll poke you back I don't know I got an interesting sense of humor so we'll call it like we'll just leave it at that but um, anyways I hope you really enjoy this conversation with Jess if you look in the episode description, I have her bio listed as well as links to her website and the two Instagram pages that she runs. Highly recommend giving her a follow. Uh, she posts tons of great stuff uh, pretty much daily. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did and tune into the training series episode as well uh, for a continued tangent on one of the topics that we discuss. Thank you very much. Talk to you soon. My, my goal is ultimately to inspire people to change the, what they need to change in their lives to mm -hmm. pursue their dreams or to become happy, whatever that is for that person. Yeah. Um, especially people who are in a place where they feel stuck because that's a place that's been very relatable for me. Okay. I've definitely right. felt very stuck in places. So yeah. Um, yeah, ultimately I would like to help people out of like getting unstuck and then uh, chasing after the dreams. Right. Yeah. Okay. And that was, uh, that's when you were in Ontario, right? When I was dealing with mental health stuff. Okay. Yeah. 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 Did it kind of, was it, I, again, we'll keep it on, we'll keep it on the <laughs> yeah, bar, but just yeah, so yeah. I just have a rough idea. But yeah. um, was it one of those things like, uh, obviously, or not obviously, but you tell me, was the mm -hmm. environment a factor? So it was just where you were, um, just your own thoughts and beliefs. Like, how did that kind of all come together to a point where, okay, now we're moving through this? Um, I think it all kind of plays into each other sure. like environment can mean like the place I was living but also um who you're surrounding yourself with if those yeah. people are also big go-getters or if there is someone who kind of looks at what your goals are and saying that's impossible yeah, yeah, yeah. so 
Yeah, yeah. Relatable. And then, like, yeah. <laughs> um, Joe Dispenza has a thought about a uh, concept of, like, how you think impacts how you feel, but then how mm -hmm. you feel impacts how you think. So you can either find yourself in, like, a downward spiral or an upward spiral, I think, based on how you're feeling because if you're if you're feeling something negative you're going to think a negative thought and then yeah. you're going to feel something else negative and think another negative thought so it's kind of hard to get out of that spiral if you're yeah in a position that's not ideal yeah. for growth so yeah, yeah. self-fulfilling prophecy works in both directions yes yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah it really does so what i really liked about your venice beach performance mm -hmm. was that uh what well, looked like it was on a whim <laughs> sort of, because it was like a quick little day trip yeah, down there. Yeah. Um, you beat a whole bunch of dudes. Yeah. That's always fun. <laughs> um, and the one thing that I've been preoccupied with uh, as a competitive athlete is the entertainment side. Mm -hmm. um, and what I really liked was you were really working the crowd very well. Um, and you could see that... So when I watched the video, I don't think we had done a session yet. I think it was before we Correct. did our first one. Yeah. Uh, so what I knew about you was really just all that, I, all that I had seen about you, right? Yeah. But even from that, I could tell when you were working the crowd and then right up until when you started your routine, mm -hmm. uh, that was like, I'm not sure what word you would use for it, but I think you could, what I saw was like a bit of that alter ego. <laughs> where it was like that that is you but that's not day-to-day -day you there was yeah. something there that was that competitive aspect which was very compelling to watch um well, thank you so yeah so i kind of threw a whole bunch of things yeah at you, you just planted a whole that's load it, of yeah. seeds in my head yeah. um okay so, so i guess let's, we'll, we'll break it all we'll down. break it down starting yeah. at the beginning um so battle of the bars is put on by world calisthenics organization they, I attended one of their competitions last year in LA, and nice. it is hands down my favorite competition I've attended. They treat their athletes really well. Um, they're very well respected. They've been around forever, and uh, they just, like you said, they put on the most entertaining competitions. Uh, I know the organizer, his, one of his biggest goals is to get it as well recognized as any other professional sport out there. So when it comes to entertainment factor, he's like, yeah, we got to show ESPN that like you guys deserve to be on there as much as the people playing darts or whatever. He's like, well, you guys are way more entertaining. No offense to people who play darts. That's a hard darts sport. Darts is fun it too, It is a though. hard sport. So, but that, that's what it means, the, the <laughs> entertainment side. it's all about the entertainment It's so factor. much fun. Yeah, so he's like, you know what? Like, you guys rock it, make it. it it's part of the way they judge. It's overall performance. It's, mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily matter if you go out there with the harder skills or not, but you got to be able to put on a show. So that's, that's yeah. one of the things they look for at that competition. So Battle of the Bars, they had a qualifying competition. It was happening on Venice Beach. They were, they've been so hyped up about doing an outdoor competition <laughs> for forever. And I just love California. So my goal, I was going to go down there and watch the competition, see a bunch of friends who were either competing or just going down to watch as well. It's a big, fun community to be a part of. And then just train with everyone on the beach after. And I was like, you know what? It's a, it's a day trip to LA. Like, mm -hmm. why not? I love this. I live for this. So... Uh, it was probably less than a week before I was flying out that they announced uh, we're going to also open up the competition to uh, not the not the Dubai qualifiers. They're going to open up a second uh, competition at the same event for anyone that wants to compete. And they said, uh, if you want to be recognized by Battle of the Bars and compete in future competitions, then 
you know, this is the place to be. And I was like, that, that's, I felt like I'd manifested that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I'd been training really hard. And I was like, my goal is to obviously keep getting invited to these Battle of the Bar competitions because I respect them and love them so much. So I was like, yes, this is 100% where I'm supposed to be. We're going to go down. There's going to be 25 competitors or so. Um, and from what I knew, there were going to be five finalists. And I thought there were going to be five male finalists and five female finalists. Um, it was me and I believe three or four other girls that were competing and then the rest were men. There were about, I think there were 26 athletes total and I found that out after the first round. So I didn't realize that it was, I had already, <laughs> like, I had already here, competed huh? and I was like, oh darn, <laughs> like I totally would have done different skills. I just, I, I did what I did in the first round to know that I could make it to finals with the women. And uh, then I was like, oh, I don't have a chance. And my friends grabbed me, they're like, no, you've got a chance. So. Um, yeah, friend and the organizer announced it that the female made finals, and I was like, oh my goodness, I got thrown into finals with uh, the guys. The, the rules were pretty, pretty crazy as well. Like, uh, if, you, if you missed a skill, that's, that was it for the round. So you had to go in there with uh, big skills that you could also know that you can hit 100% of the time. There was no room for error. So I was pretty stoked to make finals, and then I just kind of went full send in the finals to see what I could do with the guys, and I wasn't expecting it at all, but I ended up with the fourth place overall. So it was a pretty wild weekend, and um, yeah, yeah, Brendan, who organized everything, was uh, super happy to have a female in the finals as well. So yeah, good, good time. <laughs> and so for context, um, so we're talking about calisthenics. Yeah. So if you could um, just describe what what is that like what does that even mean and you mentioned like big skills yeah which I, i'm assuming is like a yeah it's like yeah. A vernacular for calisthenics so just kind of describe like a little bit of like the the boring that's, stuff just that's so we know true what, no what because it, it's, it's still definitely growing in canada quite a bit and in the u.s so not your average person doesn't necessarily know what it is um so calisthenics is a greek word and it comes from um Kalos and Thanos, which means strength and beauty, and it ultimately describes body rate training. And then uh, the sport that we do is kind of derived from that, as well as another word for it is street workout, and it comes from the basics of push-ups, pull-ups, handstands, that kind of stuff. And then it also has a gymnastics aspect in it. So when you're competing, you're expected to throw out these big skills um, that are these really um, that require a lot of strength, a lot of static holds uh, that, you know, look simple, but they take years and years to build up to and combine those with these big gymnastic style skills. So these could be like uh, swinging on the bars with releases, doing 360s or flips and recatching the bar and that kind of stuff. So um, kind of similar to gymnastics, uh, but very focused on just a few pieces of equipment. We've got a high bar, uh, sometimes rings, depending on the competition, parallettes, which are just like small wooden bars or parallel bars. And uh, one thing I love about it as well is that men and women both compete on the same equipment, whereas gymnastics, they have their own events as well. So uh, that's, that's kind of the rundown mm -hmm. of calisthenics for you. When, because uh, I've been mentioning to people that uh, we've started training. Mm -hmm. And uh, so friends will ask me like, oh, like, what does Jess do? And I'm like, oh, you know, like flips and shit. <laughs> like, that's, that's my go-to. I'm like, flips and shit. That's what she does, you know? It's a, I think I used that exact hashtag <laughs> when I first started my Instagram. <laughs> I mean, it kind of works. Yeah, it kind of works. Yeah, kinda yeah. works. And so the, what's the difference, or I'm not even really sure how to word it, but mm -hmm. when you're competing with men, mm -hmm. strategy and tactics, like what's involved in that? Because you even mentioned like you thought you were going to be, there was like yeah. the, the women's side and the men's side. 
And so you kind of went about it a little bit differently as far as the skills that you yeah. showcased. Yeah. How does that, just from like a strategy and tactics uh, element, how does that kind of all come together? Well, at that point, I honestly didn't really have that much time to strategize. <laughs> um, for, for me, it was just, and it always is, just go out and do the absolute best I can do. Um, whereas I knew with the women, like I could be, you know, 100% sure on the skills that I was hitting and still, you know, going kind of at the top of the women. But with the, and that depends on the competition as well, but with the men, it's just like, um, I guess in terms of level of testosterone or the way our bodies are <laughs> shaped, do have a little bit of an advantage when it comes to doing these skills. So they're typically a little bit more um, further advanced, especially with static skills. So for me to put on my show, I have to send my biggest dynamic skills. And, and um, I threw a skill called a ganger, which is where you let go, you kind of do a backflip off the bar and then do a half turn and re-catch the bar. You swing into it and re-catch the bar. And uh, I did I did miss it the first time and found out I had another go at it. And I was like, oh, I know exactly what I'm doing. And I came in and like I hit that skill. So for me, it was just about going out and doing what I know I could do and doing it to the best of my ability. And wherever that placed me, it would. Or, and I was happy with that. So were you surprised at your finish? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, very much. I was You're surprised I made finals, and then I was I surprised yeah. that I got fourth for sure. <laughs> What'd that feel like? Um, it felt really great because since I can remember, I've really, really cared about women and promoting that women can be strong and women can go out there and do the same things that men do. And women shouldn't worry about putting on too much muscle or looking too manly or anything. And it's just, I, I love promoting. Um, strong women and if I can show that yes a woman got out there and held her own with the boys and Kicked can do <laughs> and can do calisthenics <laughs> and like if one woman looks at that and was like you know what I didn't I didn't think that women did this but you know this girl did it so maybe I can do it too like I'm not superhuman I just train a lot and I think that any other woman that sees something like that and thinks they'd be good at it if they dedicate themselves to it they absolutely can do it how did you get into calisthenics like how did that How about even start? Um, so my, my background, I did gymnastics very poorly. Like when I was a kid, I wasn't good at it. Like I was always being yelled at to straighten my legs and whatnot. And just, I didn't have very many skills. Uh, and then I ended up quitting that when I, my family moved towns and I started competitive cheerleading. I loved it. It was a team sport um, that was in Cambridge, Ontario. And it was with the cheer sport sharks. And I was a member of the great white sharks and great reef sharks. And uh, it's pretty crazy because at the time we weren't very known at all. And now it's one of the most successful gyms in the world, which is pretty crazy. Seriously? Yes. Oh, yeah, wow. absolutely. They've won worlds numerous times. So it's, Damn. yeah. Um, I was very fortunate to like grow into a competitive sport alongside a gym as they were growing and the sport was growing. Um, I did Team Canada Cheer for four years and I eventually got to a point where I was struggling a little bit with like mental health and I just needed to kind of quit and let go of that competitive side of me just to like focus on my mental health and because I love moving my body and flipping I wound up in a gymnastics gym just to see if I could still do some flips and I started playing around in the bars I was like hmm I wonder if I can do a glide kip which is a more basic gymnastics movement. And it took me an hour, but I did it. And I, at the time, had followed a few girls in California who were doing calisthenics, and I just started mimicking what their training was because it looked like fun. And um, over time, just kind of 
worked into the sport. I met a friend in my area who was training as well. We ended up going to a meetup. This was in Ontario, so we went to a meetup in Toronto, and they were pretty stoked to have women there, so we were very welcomed into the sport, and it just kind of took off from there. So it was a pretty natural progression then. Like very, yeah, it was like a, a very natural, just kind of showed up in my life when it needed to. It was, yeah, I love it. <laughs> that cheer stuff's interesting too. Mm -hmm. That stuff's like... Legit. It's a very intense it's legit. sport. Yeah, I remember yeah. when I was. It's when not I was like pom pom, like no, not like you know no. high school that type of goofy cheer. Yeah, yeah. No, I remember trying to convince so many people when I was younger. I'm like, no, it's legit sport, and all they had ever seen was like you know people dancing with pom poms, and like that's not like what I do NFL at all. It's, it's much more yeah. well known and respected now. Yeah. Were you the one who was getting thrown up, or were you the one like on the bottom? My like humble brag is that I did a little bit of everything. Nice. <laughs> uh, I loved flying at first. I was told I was going to be a base for a long time. I got thrown into university cheer, and they're like, you're too small to base. You're going to fly. And then I kind of did a little bit of everything after that. So Interesting. Yeah. And so you brought up uh, mental health. Mm -hmm. So it's always interesting, like, talking to other people about this stuff because I'm mm. like, I never know how far they want to go down the <laughs> rabbit hole on this. So I'll, yeah, I'll let you okay. lead the way as far Sounds as, good. you know, how much detail you want to get into mm -hmm. um, as, as much or as little as you feel comfortable. But yeah, just kind of what exactly are we talking about when it comes to that? Yeah, depression and anxiety were the biggest parts of it. Um, did struggle a little bit with healthy eating, bordering into not healthy eating. Um, Depression, I would say, was was the biggest part. And what did you figure the cause was? And how, how old were you at this time? Because you're about in your 20s, early 20s or teens? Um, it was, yeah, it would have been probably my, I struggled with depression on and off, probably a little bit when I was like younger teenager, went away mostly till I started university. Um, and then I pretty much struggled with it from, I'd say, probably around the time I was 19 to about 26 or so. Um, in terms of what caused it, I think I, it ultimately likely comes down to my mindset and putting too much pressure on myself and, and not knowing where I am in the world and feeling like I need to get somewhere else. Um, yeah, I would say that's, that was probably more so it. Um, you can dig deeper if you like. Yeah, no, I'm just thinking, yeah, because, like, I, I've just for my own, um, uh, with the competitions and stuff that I'm mm -hmm. training for, that you're helping yeah. me train for, Yeah. Um, from the last record till these upcoming ones, I've had a real significant mental shift yep. as far as uh, just kind of quite calm about myself and I know myself pretty well yeah so that has alleviated a lot of that because you talk about putting pressure on yourself yeah I can I can definitely yeah. relate to the, that the high standards right yeah because yeah. I'm sure for you um no one has a higher standard for you than you and I think a lot of people can relate to that a hundred percent a lot of my clients relate like to you that can just too. sense it you know what I mean it's like yeah and it takes one to know you can one. have a hundred people around you saying lighten up you're good at what you do and you're still gonna look inward and be like I can be better mm -hmm. I know where I can work myself to and I'm not there yet and it sucks and you can get down on yourself that way for sure um and yeah definitely it, it builds character <laughs> yeah um and it yeah uh it 
brings a lot of challenges about in your life as well and, and it challenges your relationships and it challenges your relationship with yourself your relationship with a higher power and it does take a lot of navigation to kind of wind up flipping your mindset and wind up on the other side of it mm-hmm. and so when you're going through all that mm-hmm. I mean again you know like even when people say mental health it's like holy like what are we actually talking about because that encompasses like 40 different things yeah (laughs) you've got the behavioral side you have your brain health side you got the self-talk right I mean you have all these little things that some are related some are interconnected some are separate relationships with other people environmental triggers traumas like there's just a whole laundry list of things that contribute to this um thing that we call mental health but for you, what were some of the key factors that started to, you could see the light at the end of the tunnel where you're like, okay, I kind of have an idea on how I can just sort of feel better. And Yeah, so I guess it, it was a very gradual change. Um, I, cause I was in the thick of it, like anxiety so bad it would put off a phone call to the bank for months on end. Like I couldn't pick up the phone or like depression. Can relate. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like in terms of depression, just like not getting out of bed or then flipping the switch and and just being over, like overdoing it with myself and overworking myself. And you just go through these cycles. And I think the the first time I really saw the light, honestly, was when I quit cheer because that's when I took the biggest pressure off of me that I felt like I had on me since I was a young teenager and were so, so impressionable at that age. Mm-hmm. And by the time I quit, I was 25. I was an adult. The brain is fully formed and, and you start to relax a little bit and, you know, realize that life isn't necessarily about being the best at something or looking a certain way or proving to anyone or yourself what you're capable of. And I definitely went through a phase. Um, this was also around the time I went vegan because I started seeing I started seeing um, food as something that would be good or bad for animals versus, or the environment versus like myself. And I started looking outward into the world and seeing what the world had to offer and, and how I could make the world better in any way I could, rather than just kind of internalizing everything. And um, yeah, I, I started to become a bit more spiritual, reading a few self-help books, and uh, things did start to look a little bit lighter at that point. Any resources, like book book-wise that jumped out at you that um, you can recall now that were pretty helpful? So it, it's funny that, because um, I don't think that one self-help book is necessarily going to change anyone's life. And the self-help book that, the first one that I picked up was You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. And I hope that's how you say her name. And it uh, was very straightforward and blunt, and I loved it. <laughs> and now I'm very much into, like, Dr. Joe Dispenza and, like, way more in the thick of things. And it was, it was a gradual process. So I don't think there's, like, one book. I read a lot of Mel Robbins in between as well, and I love her podcast. And it's a goal of mine, Mel, if you're listening, to be on there someday. <laughs> um, so it was definitely a, a gradual um, process of, you know, diving down this sector of health, self-help or, or into certain authors or podcast hosts. But I think it's kind of the combination and the concept of continuing to go back and see how 
you can uh, reflect on yourself and see how you can always be growing and and just focusing on you know one little thing at a time and see how you can make that part of yourself better and it's those tiny little steps that turn into habits which turn into actions and just kind of eventually become who you are that you know two years go down the line and five years go down the line and you look back at a completely different person because you have a you have a very practical way of articulating all that interesting <laughs> like you describe that all very matter of fact you yeah. know like it's interesting yeah. to kind of hear that that process yeah how would you describe it not much differently to be honest <laughs> okay okay yeah it's just interesting to hear like okay that's just it, it's just very this is what you do this is how you do it eventually those habits become you know those little behaviors become habits yeah. and and, and I think the key thing that I heard you say there was like, you know, one year becomes two, two becomes five, right? Like it, yeah. that's yeah. a thing that kind of freaks me out sometimes too. Oh, for sure. When you realize how quickly the time goes by. Mm -hmm. The nice thing is recently I've been able to kind of flip the switch mm -hmm. when it comes to time as far as like controlling time in that way where you recognize that because it, it really does. I mean, as we're recording this, it's like end of August. Yeah. When the hell did that happen? Right. So I it's don't just, know. <laughs> it's just like the days go by yeah. and it's like, you know, my approach is just, am I better today than I was yesterday? Yeah. And the margin for how I gauge improvement yeah. is pretty minuscule. Yeah. Right. It's just this point, point five. Can I get point five? Can I yeah. get point one? Yeah. But regardless, that still is progress. Yeah, and I, I think that's the craziest thing as well as we look at, you know, the five days ahead of us, the, the week behind us, and we're like, we're the exact same. It's mm -hmm. so hard to see that um, because especially it, it's never a linear thing. It's mm -hmm. like, sure, you want to aim to be 0.5% better than you were yesterday, but then tomorrow you have a mental breakdown. You're like, did I just undo everything I just did? Like, if I'm getting better, then like, you know, you still have to accept that you're going to have bad days. You're going to have days where you feel like you felt a year ago. But uh, over time, you you learn how to adapt a lot better. And I think that's the biggest thing is, is learning how to recognize those thought patterns, how to adapt and how to move on better, as opposed to just like letting that consume you. And that's that's for me, at least one thing I've, I've noticed I've become a lot better at. Still have a lot of work to do with. But that's why I said, if I look back five years ago, completely different person. Well, and, and even under that set of circumstances that you described, even mm -hmm. if like tomorrow you have a horrible bad, you got a, a breakdown and a half. Yeah. Well, then what I would say then would be progress is how quickly did you get yourself out of that? That's exactly. Was it quicker than the last time? <laughs> because that, yeah. no, because that's still progress. I, right. I, so <laughs> either way, it's like, well, I'm still coming out on top. Yeah. And it's, it's so funny because I have one of my really close friends noticed me in one of those moments about a month ago and I was just having a little breakdown and just <laughs> venting to him. And, and uh, I come back the next day and I had this big epiphany. It was like, I knew you were going to get there, but I didn't think it was going to be that fast. Mm -hmm. And I think that was probably the best, somewhat, best thing someone could have said to me. Yeah, it's a good one. Eh? <laughs> like, you know, I I'm was, was going to help you, but, um, you know, I, you got it. You got I was it. like, I know you got this. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know for me as well, um, a big shift when it comes to um, this topic, um, started reading a lot of Stoicism mm -hmm. philosophy. Really interesting stuff. I'm it's kind of very torn on it, yeah. Yeah, it's very intense. So it, it speaks to 
my disposition because everything I do is yeah. just so intense. It's like, yeah. oh God, just relax. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I actually, I even just bought a poster that I'm going to stick in the, uh, in the gym, which is from uh, Meditations by mm-hmm. Marcus Aurelius. Mm-hmm. Because I, I always thought I was kind of, well, maybe I am going to be kind of odd by making this comment, but um, ever since I was quite young, like child, I'd think about, I think about death like all the time. I think that's, maybe it's all the ver- time isn't, every it's day. very normal to think about. I'd say every day yeah. where I think about just the concept of it and yeah. where I'm like, you know, like this is going to, this is going to end one day. Mm-hmm. Like one day. It's just gonna, it's just gonna end. And what, what are you gonna do about that? You know? And so like the attitude now is, um, basically you just work every day as if it's, you, you work like a dying man, right? I mean, that's the, you know, Aurelius, the way Mm -hmm. that he phrased it. Mm -hmm. And so that actually I found to be quite freeing. Yeah. Because it's like whenever I feel down about stuff and, and not just the athletic component, which is pretty much the only thing that consumes my life at this point, Relatable. but everything, you know, with, with your relationships, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like just every aspect of you understanding that um, this is going to be over one day, you mm-hmm. know, like make the most of it. It's a, it's a privilege. And I think just kind of that slight shift in perspective I actually found to be quite calming and yeah. I find that I'm much more productive. I'm, I'm much more able to take a step back where I feel mm-hmm. like, okay, no, I've actually done enough for right now. Take a moment. It's okay. You mm-hmm. know, like enjoy it. So it's, I've actually found it to be, people might be thinking I sound absolutely insane. I, right I now, agree but. with you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I, I agree with you a lot. All right. Two insane people yeah. are going to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I just, I've been finding that to be quite, um, quite an interesting shift, uh, especially because, um, like I'm sure when you were kind of in the thick of it with, mm-hmm. with your mental health, uh, battle probably didn't feel that way. It no, probably just felt like you, you everything was crumbling at every as a moment. Very different. Yeah. It, it's just kind of like, what's the point? Yeah. Um, versus an endless amount of opportunity. And to throw a little bit of a spiritual side at this, there, I've been toying, the, toying with the idea of soul contracts and the idea that before we embark on this journey as a human, our souls basically sign up for the life that is meant to be for us. And our hearts are going to tell us which direction to go in. Those intuitive feelings are going to tell us when to do things or act on things or not. And ultimately, I believe that we've, we each have a purpose and, and to bring death back into it, it's like we don't know when that time is going to be up. We, tomorrow is never guaranteed, but we do have those feelings deeper within us that kind of guide us in the right direction. And I think that when we're pursuing that purpose, then that's ultimately how we know that when we get to that day, um, we will die happy. How do you describe intuition? What is is instinct, intuition? There's a bunch of different words you can use to describe it. What what does that mean to you? To me, it's an internal reflection and an ultimate knowing feeling. It's not necessarily just something that happens in your head, but it's something that you feel within your body. Like you get a gut feeling um, that's, that's coming. I don't know if you're into chakras, but it can come from your second energy center. Um, that's that's ultimately telling you 
yes, do this, act on this, or avoid, avoid, avoid. Or, you know, sometimes it's not so clear and sometimes you do have to, you know, look outward or do a little bit more reflecting, but it's ultimately that feeling physically and also that feeling that won't leave the back of your mind that ultimately is telling you to go in a certain direction. You were really quick with that answer. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of reading on I can this see, lately. I can see it before I ask that question. I'm like, oh, yeah, she's feeling it right now. I can see it. That's why I asked it. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So when you were at Venice Beach and you were working the crowd, were you... Were you <laughs> Back to this, yeah. Were you rolling yeah. on instinct? Yeah, I love performing. It's always, like, when I, I'm a terrible singer, singer, but when I was younger, I was just like, I want to be a singer. I wanted to be on stage. I love music, and I love listening to music and playing music. I'm no good at it. It's not my calling, <laughs> but <laughs> I love any chance to do karaoke, like, as a kid or as, you know, 19-year-old <laughs> when we were let loose in bars for the first time. I'm like, yeah, let's do karaoke. And everyone was like, God, just please stop. But <laughs> and you're right into it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so into it. I love, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I love, I, I think it comes down to the energy that you feel that uh, if you can hype a large group of people up, and, and I used to coach group fitness as well, and I think that's why I loved it. Like, if you can hype a large group of people up, um, and they're hyping you up, that just energy exchange that's going back and forth, like, Nothing beats it. It's so fun. It's just really interesting that, because I totally understand what you're saying, mm -hmm. but the way, I'm suspecting, but the mm -hmm. way that we manifest it is very differently because How? you manifest it outwards and I manifest it inwards. It's very interesting. Can you elaborate? Well, just because, like, I love the idea of... Um, how would I describe it? Okay, so I heard one of my, uh, last night, I was uh, watching a bunch of Michael Jordan clips. And okay. people Classic. who have listened to this podcast know I bring them up <laughs> all the time. It's like a drinking game. Anytime, <laughs> anytime uh, Marcus mentions uh, Michael Jordan. Gotcha. But there's this great story where they're playing Utah Jazz. It was like the late 90s. So it was the, what, mm -hmm. after he came back from retirement. Regular season game. And uh, Michael, whatever, comes down the court dunks on someone and a fan well that's what the story goes it was a fan Carl yeah. Malone actually said that it was the jazz owner not a fan it was the okay. owner of the team said pick on someone your own size so okay. the very next play Michael yeah. comes down the court and dunks on their center who was seven feet tall yeah right yeah and then he turns to the owner and says was he big enough for you <laughs> And I'm like, yes, Michael Jordan, yes. That's pretty funny, So yeah. that instinct, so basically what, what I appreciate and what makes me laugh so hard about that is because, I mean, he basically punched that guy in the face verbally, <laughs> right? I mean, that's what he did. He came in, dunked on his ass, and then, yeah. you know, was yeah. he big enough for you? You know, and yeah. that instinct to just dominate in, in this context, the instinct to dominate and win the game. I'm not even sure if they won the game, but win that play mm -hmm. at least. That was just that manifestation of his instinct saying, you know, smoke this dude and comes in and really smokes him. interesting, yeah. So it's interesting because, yeah. like, I'm, I'm very much, because uh, even that you said, like, coaching group fitness or teaching group yeah, fitness, yeah. you couldn't get me to do group fitness. Yeah. Like, it's just not my, I, I just, it makes me uncomfortable. I yeah. don't, you know, it's just my disposition. Yeah, of course. Um, but, yeah, it's just, it's just interesting to hear how, it's very much an outward, and you're extremely extroverted. 
Like that's just, you smile all the time. You're very chatty. It's like interesting. It's, I still almost see myself as introverted, which is pretty funny. Well, personality yeah. wise, yeah. <laughs> is, you're definitely high on extroversion. You may be other things that maybe you're a little more introverted, other yeah. personality dimensions. Yeah. I'm extremely extroverted as well. Like I, yeah, I do smile. I, yeah, and for sure. This. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> extroverted people do podcasts, right? <laughs> you know, not introverts. So. But yeah, it's just interesting how the behaviors just manifest a little bit differently mm -hmm. based on preference and um, desire and instinct, right? So yeah. it's, it's very interesting to hear. Because um, yeah, like when it came to that um, Venice Beach performance, yeah. that was a thing that I, I noticed where I'm like, that is you, but that's not day-to-day -day you. Mm -hmm. It's that part of you that's kind of so coming out and yeah. you were really enjoying yourself. I it was, was just very, having the very most obvious. fun of my life. Yeah. 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 I think ego is also an interesting topic there that, that kind okay. of popped into, into my, my mind with the Michael Jordan thing, because in that position, it's, it's like this guy is, you know, chirping you a little bit and you have to come out on top. That's, that's all ego speaking. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I try to be as lit, like ego makes me so uncomfortable. So if I right. had, I had so many people be like, oh, you, you beat so many dudes. I'm like, yeah, I guess I did. <laughs> um, but yeah. Well, I, I, I would say, sorry to cut you off. Yeah, but I would right. say that's more humility. Interesting. Yeah. That's so, what see, I would I, say. There was definitely, I find when I, when I first started competing, there was a bit of an ego aspect. Like I wanted to go out there to prove myself, but now kind of, I have, a few competitions under my belt and like to me it's just I want to be the best that I can be to see how far I can push my own limits uh, to see what I yeah what I'm capable of and it doesn't really matter what anybody else may or may not say if someone comes up and says oh I bet you can't beat this person I'd say like maybe not like maybe I will maybe I won't like it's it's not a a super big competitive thing with other people it's just more so I guess competitive within myself. I was, ju I was yeah, just yeah. going to say, I'm like, <laughs> you, you are certainly competitive. I'm very competitive. But, but I think with, the shift is I think is that also comes back down to, to being hard on yourself. Is like, I want to be the best version of myself. Mm -hmm. And if, yeah, you can only beat yourself so much. Yeah. And I'll tell you the <laughs> other difference, too. I'm yeah. also extremely disagreeable. Mm -hmm. um, well, pardon me. Agreeableness is a personality dimension, like one of the big five. So okay. I'm not disagreeable okay i'm extremely low on the on the agreeable dimension like what's your star like sign? comically low uh cancer really okay yeah interesting like co comically low yeah. like when i got yeah. my results i was almost crying laughing i'm like this i can't wait to bring this to my psychologist <laughs> we're gonna laugh and laugh and we did she enjoyed <laughs> yeah. it yeah it was that's hilarious that's funny um i'm gonna bring it up at some point in time and i'm trying it just as a sidebar um, yeah. I've been working with the psychologist for like four, four and a half months yeah. for performance. Yep. Um, and I'm hoping to like figure out how we can talk about it cause the work is phenomenal. So I just wanted to throw it out there. It's been great. That's um, awesome. Shout out to Helen. But, um, I think that's probably the other thing too, where, cause if someone, t I actually tell the people who are around me, if mm -hmm. you see me struggling, mm -hmm. poke me. Tease yeah. me, make fun of me, do something where it's like, mm, bet you can't do five really quick. Like just do yeah. something 
Because even like even just saying that, I perk it's up. Funny. Like I have I this have... automatic reaction. I'm like, I wonder. Oh, I'll show yeah. you. I'll show that's you. also. I wonder if that's something a little <laughs> different I've noticed with with men and women. Is mm-hmm. I have a lot of guy friends that are the exact same way. Yeah. And I have a lot of female friends that if you would tell them there's something wrong or they they're slacking on something, they know. We know. Yeah. Like we know before anybody else knows. Someone else will notice it and be like, you're you're behind. Like you got to catch up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that that is a general case when it comes to personality that Mm -hmm. um men tend to just be lower on the agreeable dimension than women that's Mm -hmm. just a trend yeah um so of course there's outliers and exemptions to to Mm -hmm. everything um but yeah it's just it, it, it is funny like once you start to get to know yourself and just little stupid things like like literally just like i bet you can't do five really quick (laughs) <laughs> or it looks like looks like you can't do five really quick, and it yeah. just, like even me saying that, I smile because like my automatic yeah. reaction is just like that smirk. That's like, <laughs> oh, I'll show you, I'll show that's you. That's too funny, yeah. You know, yeah. but I think the the distinction to get back to, we trail off, we come back with um, the mental health thing. Mm-hmm. If I let's say you tease me in that way, and I mm-hmm. tease you, like when we train. Oh, I talk mad shit to you. And it's like, I'm just like, yeah, okay. You're like, you're trying to get me to (laughs) give you a job. And I'm like, no, I'm going to tell you to do pushups, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to call you a name. (laughs) We'll get you there. there. It's just comfort. Once you get comfortable, you'll be talking mad shit. But, um, yeah, just that ability to, um, let's say I can't do it. So, okay, mm-hmm. oh, we'll bet you can't do five reps really quick. Let's, and let's say I, I don't do it. Yeah. I think the distinction now yeah. is that wouldn't hurt me to my core. Like, I'm like, I'm not, it wouldn't. No. Where I'm like, no, no, oh, no. I'm, I'm not a good athlete because I yeah. didn't meet the five. It was, yeah. oh, we, we poked you. We almost got you. It didn't work. But I'm not going to feel bad about myself you now. You let it go just as easily as you take it That's on. the difference, yeah. right? Yeah, and so for, sure. for you, did you notice that? Because um, also the, I gotta say, being an athlete, it, yeah. it's just, there is something about physical skill, physical stress, mm-hmm. physical damage yeah. and pain that just, it's so honest and immediate. And it's just like, man, it's just such a great, how would you describe it? It's just this great encapsulation of life because it's just like when you rip your hand on a bar, mm-hmm. all you think about right then and there is that <laughs> is that ripped open hand, right? Oh, like yeah. it's, it's just your yeah. whole focus. Everything's drawn to it. Yeah. It's pure. It hurts. Yeah. But it's honest. It is. On- you know? Exactly. It's honest. It's it's raw, both metaphorically and your skin. And physically, <laughs> of course. Yeah. 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 But, but for yourself, I'm just kind of curious, like, and I guess you kind of did mention it as far as like that, that understanding of like how ego plays into this whole mm-hmm. outside of athletics, but then it, you know, expands into just everyday life. Mm-hmm. Um, where just kind of like, I don't need to prove that to you. Yeah. Like wh- when did that shift happen where you really went, okay, I'm just in competition with myself and like, I'm good with that. Like, when, when did you kind of know? Because I would imagine that wasn't really the case when you were younger. Or was uh, it? I don't no, know. You tell me. No, no, it definitely wasn't. Um, I think a big, a big thing of it um, 
one of one of my favorite stories to tell is with Team Canada Cheer. Is my first year, I was named an alternate on the team, which is basically a bench warmer. You're there, you know the routine, you train with the team, but you're actually not competing on the floor. The next year, I went back, and I that's when I tried out. I was a base, a flyer, a tumbler. I based both sides. I proved that I could fit into stunts uh, um, that anyone else could fit into. So I was moved in and out. And doing that is what got me the spot on the floor. And doing that year after year is what made me, on my last year, I think I was on the team. My, my name was first on the roster when they posted it. And it was that drive to not only be the best that you could be, but you actually have to be better than everybody else mm -hmm. to get that respect and get that recognition and get the result that you want. So. I think just being in, in competitive sports that way, you want to be named to the team, you want the position that you want to get, you're going to have to work harder than every single other person in the room in order to get that. And over time, I think I realized that when I, when I started calisthenics that it wasn't as cutthroat in that way, mm -hmm. um, at least not now as a woman in the sport because... And that, that's a whole other thing, too, is like um, women versus men and getting respect and recognition in the sport versus when it comes to women versus other women in the sport, there's so much room for us all to show up and thrive. And you can kind of just kind of focus on yourself and be the best that you can be. Um, so I think externally, like environment wise, that's kind of how I made that shift. But I think it also came from an internal shift of a lot of soul searching and a lot of diving into spirituality and setting my ego aside and just understanding that when I put my head down and I work hard and I do what I'm passionate about and as long as I love what I'm doing, I'm going to do well at it and that's enough for me. So. Before, because uh, you brought it up and it's in my notes too, so I yeah. really want to talk about uh, being a woman in the sport mm -hmm. and just your p uh, perspective on that yeah. but really quickly. Um, do you take great pride in being the hardest working person in the room? Is that... Is that the thing that really drives you, just to be not the best, not the most skilled? Not at all. No? Um, and I, I used to. It used to be one of those things that it'd be like on my sticky notes, on my, on my boards that I would see every day, be the hardest worker in the room. But if you're looking around to see if you're the hardest worker in the room, you're probably not the hardest worker in the room. Right. You can focus on yourself, and that's kind of where, where I'm at right now. And I'm also a big fan of, you know, if you're the strongest person in the gym, you're in the wrong gym. That's if right. you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Mm -hmm. You want to surround yourself with people who are going above and beyond in your discipline because if they're out there doing it and you want to be out there doing it, you need to, you need to learn from somewhere. So. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I'm trying to sort of figure that out for myself as far as, and again, like the, the, I can't really say what I do is a sport because it's not what you do is You're a sport. You're an athlete for sure. Athlete, yeah, but not, I, I don't think I can say. Yeah. yeah, competitive athlete, sure, yes. but not sport um, in, in the context of like pull-up and chin-up records. Yeah. Um, but my my whole thing is, uh, yeah, just be be the hardest worker, take the most damage, like just just bulldog stuff yeah, but also being because yeah. um, I think that mindset I'm trying to figure out how I can explain this in a concise way without sounding like a weirdo <laughs> is um, there's parts of you that we're all divided into multiple parts 
parts in quotations, right? Okay. These sub-personalities and these sub-characters that comprise you. And so I'm sure you can relate to that, that really critical aspect of your thinking that in your younger days was dis- destructive and yeah. led to mental health battles, yeah. but yeah. now is constructive or is at least Absolutely. more constructive. Yep. But if you aren't too careful, that critical thing can knock you down and take you right it back is a to... thin line. That's yeah. right. So yeah. understanding like how those sub-personalities interact with each other some protect others Mm -hmm. so it it gets really it's it's called integrated family systems that's the the name of this kind of concept okay um which is the work that i do with um the the psychologist and Mm -hmm. and how that relates to performance is obviously where i'm most concerned with yeah um but yeah just that aspect of being um because yeah if you're the hard if if you're trying to prove that you're the hardest worker in the room you're not really doing it for you. You're doing it as a show. Exactly. Yeah. So that's yeah. not that's not okay, and that's not well, not okay. It's not the most ideal yeah. way to be. Yeah. So it's I'm trying to kind of figure out the wording for it because it's like it is that, but it isn't that. Yeah. But ultimately, I think what it comes down to um, is just instinct. If you can just yeah. boil it down to instinct, what mm-hmm. does instinct tell you to do? Okay. Yeah. And then just listen to that. Yeah. And so hopefully that segues nicely into this, which is. One thing that in our pre, uh, pre-show notes, text yeah. exchange, yeah. you said something that was like really interesting, which okay. was that um, you started Calisthenics <laughs> Vancouver anonymously because you were worried about not being taken seriously as a woman. Yeah. That like leapt out at me on the screen. I was like, okay, that's significant. Yeah. <laughs> that's a big deal. So, so what's, um, the, what's the deal with that? A lot of... People probably don't know this, but I ha- I majored in school in communications, and we did a lot of understandings of how men are view- viewed and seen as author- authoritative figures, as experts. If you put a male or a female beside each other, and they both have the same qualifications, people tend to go to the man as the expert in the situation, whether it be a doctor, a lawyer, a firefighter, or just, just anyone, really. So I kind of I had that in the back of my head that, cool, I'm trying to be a leader in the sense and grow a big community. And not only do people tend to gravitate towards male leaders and not take women as seriously as leaders, but this sport is so male-dominated. Um, like, like I said, when my friend and I first went to this meetup in Toronto, and it was probably 2019, they're just like, oh my God, there's women. And I think there may have been like five, five girls oh, that showed up. And it, was the first, it was the first time women were, were there. And I think there's maybe five or six of us girls that show, showed up to 30 guys. And that's, that's probably a big percentage in terms of if you mm-hmm. look at the sport worldwide, just how many of the athletes are men versus women. So uh, to, to go out there and be like, yeah, I, I'm a woman and... Uh, I do calisthenics and, and have people take me, have men take me seriously. Um, also, it also comes from a background of, of I, I love a bunch of typically male dominated things. Like I love um, watching NHL. Um, I grew up a huge Toronto Maple Leafs fan and, and I would constantly be undercut by dudes being like, oh, you don't know anything about hockey, name five players. And then I'd be like- Well, you're a Toronto Maple Leafs and- <laughs> fan, so maybe you don't know anything about hockey. <laughs> 
like my my comeback would be do you mean like current players or like all time or from what year like give you know throw me a bone but I, I I really didn't want to have that have to sorry I know I had to hate you for that round. one yeah. I love watching the Maple Leafs lose love it love oh, it oh gosh um but yeah, I really didn't want to go through that like constant again, like having to prove yourself. And mm-hmm. and I've heard so many, so many men in calisthenics, not in calisthenics, being like, girls can't do pull-ups, girls can't do muscle-ups, like girls can't do all of these calisthenic skills because you know women aren't strong, men are the stronger sex, and I just did not want to be dismissed. You've actually by... heard that? Oh yes, I. Yeah. See, even me and then, sitting here, is, like when I hear you say that, yeah. I want to f- knee him in the, like I want to clinch yeah. him and knee them in the face and it, repeatedly. And it's very common. <laughs> I train at, like from now on, uh, here and there, I go train at Kids Beach and I'll go yeah. out and do muscle ups. And every single time, or if not most times, I'll have a guy come up to me and be like, I've never seen a girl do a muscle up before. So it's just that I think we all have it in our heads that, you know, women aren't going to be these strong athletes. And I didn't want to not be taken seriously. So I ran the account anonymously and just started messaging people and being like, hey, can I repost this? And I I did intentionally post about half and half men and women on average. And now I'm just, I I share whoever wants to be shared on it as long as they're doing calisthenics, they're local and uh, it's a positive message. But yeah, I guess uh, I, I was afraid of not being taken seriously or dismissed, so I wanted to get it out there that we can grow this big community, and we started to, and we had, the first year, a decent amount of meetups at Kitts Beach, and every year, every meetup we've had, it's been growing quite a bit, and I just feel, walking up to people, I'm like, hi, I'm Jess, I run Calisthenics Vancouver, the number of people that are surprised, or were, um, before I kind of was like, oh yeah, this is my like main page, um, um, I think that it was, you know, a woman that was running it. They're like, oh, wow. Oh, okay, cool. So they're like on board because they had seen like, you know, we had something to our name now, like we were growing a community. There was, it was respected at the time because there is, you know, there's people doing out there, out there doing pretty crazy skills and it was a community that people wanted to be a part of. But I honestly think that if I had just started as a woman, unfortunately, it would have been a lot harder to gain traction and build a community. Two, three things. Okay. Two things related to that. It is disheartening to hear that the reality um, Mm -hmm. of not being taken seriously. Mm -hmm. And I do, I don't know anything about calisthenics other than just like talking to you kind of here and now. Um, But just the fact that is the case, or at least your experience with it, that is disheartening. Mm -hmm. Flip side, I really do appreciate where you're like, Okay, if I got to do it anonymously, I'm just going to do it. So you still did it. Yeah. You you could have not yeah. done it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like that's no, a choice oh, I've, you could have made. I've always that's coming right? back to intuition. Something I've had within me is like, yeah, I want to create a community that's equal for men and women. I want mm-hmm. women to know that they can be strong and do calisthenics and do pull-ups and you know. And I'm happy to hear that yeah. now it's at least yeah. not anonymous. It is not. So that's good. <laughs> that's better. So that yeah. makes me feel better in yeah. that way. But a little while ago, because you were mentioning Mm -hmm. um, men versus women as authority figures, right? Mm -hmm. So interesting, I clearly am an outlier then, because um, the people who are helping me train right now, who are most integral to my training, are all women. I've noticed that with you, too. And and I 
I still have that in the back of my, my mind when I take on male clients and I'm like, are they taking me seriously as a coach? And this has also been a thing as well. Or do they want my number? Yeah. <laughs> right. And you, as a woman, you always have that in the okay, back of your so head and you're I like, got, you're I like, gotta ask you, has that been, has that been experiences for you where it's like, oh, it, it was really about the number. I'm really good at navigating those before good. we get okay. into it. Yeah. I, 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 I was going to get real mad I've real quick. I people training because I'm like, you don't want to learn calisthenics. Okay. You, you want to spend time with me. And this is a really weird way to do it. Yeah. That is amazing to me. Like I, I cut again, I got to, I'll tie it back, but mm -hmm. um, just as like a thought experiment, yeah. man, how interesting it would be to just live a week as a woman. <laughs> Like, wouldn't it, it's, it must yeah. just be like, we live completely, the things that you experience and like yeah. having to, even just you, I have to navigate being taken seriously. I never got to think about that. Yeah. That's never even a thought yeah. for me um, and for most men. That's just not. I'm very it's fortunate amazing, isn't as it? well. Um, a colleague of mine runs Women's Calisthenics Organization and she started this large group chat of women in calisthenics on Instagram. So we have our go-to group if something comes up and, and we've got... I can say shit. We've got yep, shit done. Oh yeah. I curse <laughs> uh, all the time. Yeah, You're good. Okay, perfect, perfect. <laughs> We've got so much shit done just by, you know, coming together as women. And when it comes to competitions being like, here's your first place prize, second place prize, and third place prize. Oh, by the way, if you're a woman, it's like a portion of that or just like a, a thanks for showing up kind of thing. And right. so we've kind of, and like in terms of representation on different media platforms for competitions or YouTube channels. Uh, we've, we've really worked together to approach these um, businesses that put on, put on the competitions and people who do the media just to make sure that, you know, women get the same treatment as men, women are, get the same coverage as men because, you know, you see that, but it's also, it's also been a fight to get there behind the scenes. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, endlessly it's, fascinating it's, it's, to me. It's frustrating, but I, I try not to stew on it too much. It's just like, it's great that men can just sign up and show up to a competition and don't ever have to worry about that. And then when we do have to worry about that, we also have to voice that to the men that, hey, this is an issue for us. And the amount of times that they say, no, it isn't, and walk away is really frustrating. One of the things that I was always uh, kind of sh that shocked me about England when I was living over there, mm -hmm. um, they're very classist and very sexist. Really? And interestingly, law is extremely sexist, although it's female dominated by number. Um, <laughs> I was going to say something. I'm like, that would be an edit. So I'm just going to blow past okay, that. Okay. <laughs> but um, um, the one thing that I did appreciate, though, in a way, as far as the sexist thing, it's bullshit, it shouldn't be the case, but what I thought was kind of great about it, as an, un, like an unintended consequence, is that the women had to be, like my classmates, mm -hmm. who were incredibly intelligent, mm -hmm. tough, was that they had to basically work harder to be heard at the same level. Yeah. Now that's unfair, and I don't think that's that's a good thing. No. But unintentionally, in my head, I'm like, you're making warriors right there because they gotta oh, fight. They gotta fight to be heard, and they it's do. It's true. And so I'm like, as much as that's unfair, I like to see it when they do because yeah. I'm like, oh, that's yeah. how shit changes. Yeah, it is, is how because, it is how it changes. You know, so at least on that part, it's like, 
you can see like light at yeah. the end of the tunnel when it comes to that. Yeah. So I did appreciate that, especially for like those handful of classmates I had who were just unreal, like mm -hmm. just so tough and so intelligent and mm -hmm. were able to, mm -hmm. you know, push these like weak little yeah. boys aside. Cause that's not, men don't keep people down, right? Yeah. Same with women. Women don't keep people down. Boys yeah. do, girls do. Yeah. Right. That's not yeah. right. Anyway, we don't need to go down that rabbit hole, <laughs> but getting back to, um, the training side. Yeah. I intentionally, so if you were a guy, you wouldn't be training me. Like I can just, I can tell you that if you were a guy, you only hire women. I prefer it. Why? My psychologist is a woman. Yeah. You yeah. and, uh, another Jessica who's, yeah, I, I was um, chatting with yeah. her actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who, uh, helps put my training program together and monitors yeah. me and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. The reason being, I think their women are more detail oriented, mm -hmm. uh, better technique, a bit of a calmer disposition. Um, I don't need, a, I, I don't need, I don't need more of me. <laughs> Fair. I, I'm enough. That's a, that's I'm a great, I'm yeah. enough nonsense that's a great for everybody. Way to learn is, you yeah, know, so I want that other like perspective. Yeah. I'm, I'm very much. And even when I played, uh, like more competitive hockey. Mm -hmm. My power skating instructor was a woman. Mm -hmm. Phenomenal. My favorite. Mm -hmm. I hated mm -hmm. her. Every day I saw her. She was fantastic. <laughs> she was fantastic. You know? Yeah. yeah. But there is something where I just um yeah, I don't really I don't really know what it is other than just I, I do have that I do respect the the talent, the technique, and I also which is why you're which is why you're training me and why we're sitting here. Mm -hmm. um, you have a lot to offer. And so that's why I'm like, no, no, I can learn a lot. So it's just really like, I just you want that. you yeah. in my circle. That's yeah. it. I yeah. want to be around the best. Yeah. I don't care who you are, what you are. Just, are you the best at what you do? Yeah, great. Let's talk. Yeah. You know, that's it. Yeah. That's where it ends with me. So I, I think it's a real disservice. Yeah. Um, both ways, yeah. you know, men, men, women to just write some, like what a yeah, stupid absolutely. thing to write and, someone off for. Like, are you kidding me? That's, that's the level? Really? I, yeah. I try not to pay attention to this, but I know what's out there is like, I don't follow a lot of these pages for that reason. But if you see on ESPN and, and there's a, you know, a female, either a ref or a coach that is now entering the men's league. Ugh. The amount it's of just, shit they get. Yeah. And it's just like, <laughs> go do your own thing. And it's like, you do, but you know, there's also men welcome in that environment. So I think, yeah, yeah, That's there's right. definitely a lot to, to learn from both men and women, but yeah, just by being one sex or the other doesn't definitely doesn't impact your ability to know a sport or have, yeah, have knowledge around it or, and especially how to train for that sport. So. Mm -hmm. and, and I think again, it really, and I am, especially with the records that I'm currently training for, um, what's interesting about it is because there it's extreme. I'm going to go on a little tangent and I'll bring it back. So just let me work this out. Um, because the records are so extreme and just so physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually draining and borderline torture. I mean, it's, it is borderline. I mean, you can look at it as being that cause it certainly could qualify as such. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a part of me, that obsessive part, how we were earlier, you know, kind of mentioning this, that part of me, I kind of have to let them run free a little bit. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. um, but you, again, there's a very fine line between productive and self-annihilation. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. let me tell you, this guy, if you give him too much rope, mm -hmm. he's going to hang everybody. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not going to be just him. It's everybody's going down with the yeah. ship, you know? Yeah. Um, but the part of me that's like that, that obsessive to the tenth of a degree, a hundredth of a degree, a level of detail and obsession, you got to let him run wild and let him do his thing, but also within the confines of don't sink the ship kind of thing. Yeah. What I do find uh, with women is the, 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 more so than guys, is the, that attention to detail mm -hmm. is very challenging to find from male trainers, or, or at least specifically with what we're talking about. In terms about. of like knowing the limit of how at, far you- yeah. Everything. Yeah. The actual technique, the oh, okay. actual skill, the yeah. mental component. Yeah. I just think women have a better ability to finesse yeah. and do, and, and the, the dichotomy between strength and grace mm -hmm. and, and refresh me. Cause you said it right at the beginning, calisthenics, Greek, what were the uh, Greek terms? Yeah. Kalos and Thanos. Thanos. I apologize. We'll call it. Yeah. That's good enough. <laughs> Beauty and strength. That's it. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Women have a much better idea of that than men typically. I find, I always prefer grace to strength. There's something very captivating. And I yeah. even find this um, with uh, fighting. I'm a huge fight fan. Um, so like UFC and one championship and all that. I don't even really enjoy watching heavyweights fight because mm -hmm. they're just, it's more brute strength. I yeah. prefer the smaller guys and the women who yeah. are, some of these women are un that just unbelievable. You can't believe how technically good mm -hmm. they are at fighting. It's just like and that's mind blowing. The, it, it's the attention to detail yeah. to the technique. That's just, that's what I think makes any sport beautiful. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I think the aesthetic. Yeah. I think yeah. that's something that most men don't consider. Again, mm -hmm. I'm speaking in trends. This is all yeah. trends. Okay. Um, but typically I would say there, there is something about understanding the aesthetic of it. And that was like one of the things I can't remember if I actually mentioned it to you mm -hmm. at our last training session or if I okay. said it in my head and never verbalized it outwardly. Yeah. But we were talking about pull-ups and I was saying about there, there's something about, I want my movements to be swift, but I don't think I used the word graceful. It was something else, yeah. but it was that swift, smooth movement where it's not power. It's not strength. It's body mechanics. It's yeah. fluidity yeah. of movement. You'll see a ton of that in gymnastics and right. I, I try to implement that with my clients as much as possible. And, and one is because the more attentive to detail you are with every little lost stabilizer muscle you have in your body, the easier it is to move around that engaged weight as opposed to dead weight, but it just looks prettier. Like it just, it looks nice. It looks smooth. It looks like this person has total control of their body and it feels a lot better as well. Yeah. And that's been a real that's been a huge, like huge mental shift mm -hmm. with the records that I'm training for that you're helping me train for mm -hmm. is that I am really emphasizing and I, I'm thinking about, I, I should do a podcast on this when it comes to like, I've been studying uh, beauty as a mm. concept for okay. a really long time now, yeah. like several months. Like I'm deep down yeah. the rabbit hole with this stuff. Yeah. Um, no, I went a, into that, sorry, yeah, as yeah. well with the communications major as well in, in terms of nonverbal communication, the concept of beauty. It's, mm -hmm. it's really 
interesting rabbit hole to go down. And the thing with beauty that's so captivating is, uh, you got it, yeah. is um, <laughs> the fact that it inspires replication. That's the thing about beauty. It's that when you see something that's so stunning, you want to draw it, you want to, you want to mm -hmm. even if you just want to remember it, mm -hmm. memory is, is re recollection of a picture or something. Yeah. It's, it's bringing it back so that yeah. you can live it again, mm -hmm. right? That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. So I know, again, I got to figure out how to do this with the podcast because like, I really feel very compelled with, um, they're talking about instinct. Yeah. There's something very drawn, I'm very drawn to it, considering that when I did the chin-up workout, I didn't think it was very beautiful. <laughs> I didn't think it was very graceful. Yeah. It was impressive with how much damage I sustained and, and stayed in the fight and, yeah. and got the result. But mm -hmm. it, wasn't, it wasn't beautiful. There was something that was... And I know why, I mean, just the training wasn't as good, the mindset, everything. It was, you know, mm -hmm. you got to go through one thing to get, you know, step one leads to step two, mm -hmm. right? So that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, but that was a huge shift. And when I watch your videos on mm -hmm. your Instagram account, which by the way, is one of my favorite Instagram accounts. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I hate Instagram, but I always love tuning into your, and Appreciate of course my so feed, you yeah. know, the algorithms, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's thank like, so it's fighting. It's like three different fight accounts, uh, your account, and then like some type of meme <laughs> account, right? So it's like top five. I'm right? honored, thank yeah. you. <laughs> but the thing that was very captivating about when I watch you move, mm -hmm. especially when you're in a competitive setting, the mm -hmm. training stuff is great too, but the competitive setting, mm -hmm. there's a, there is that grace and fluidity mixed with, because I, I understand somewhat how much strength you need to do the shit that you do. Yeah. And so it doesn't, you know, you're strong when it doesn't look like you're being strong. Yeah. That's like the gold standard. For and that. I think, I honestly think that is maybe one thing that my body kind of naturally remembered from when I was like 10 years old in gymnastics is that we're taught a lot of technique and fluidity. And that's where it's really hammered into your brain. That little like nitpicky squeeze like point your toes why aren't your toes pointed on this and, and that just translates through the rest of your body and your ability to like cohesively move as as like something with purpose as opposed to just trying to like muscle or like strengthen uh yeah like muscle your way through things and i've seen a lot of calisthenics athletes kind of like go through that where they, they'll first start out and they've got this strength down but their movements will look choppy mm -hmm. and they're like i don't understand how to be flowy like that and it just it comes with with time and practice and and if they put the work in and they put the years in you can see them start to become more like flowy in their body you know move cohesively and, and it, it just looked like it has a purpose but yeah it, it, there's definitely a difference that i see there in terms of yeah that brute strength and muscling your way through through something versus making it look effortless which is where i think that true attentiveness to detail really shows off mm -hmm. And with the the upcoming records that I'm going to be doing, I keep sort of thinking to myself, I'm like, put on a show. Like, that. that's the yeah. phrase I keep hearing. It's like, <laughs> oh, you're going to see some shit. Yeah. Like, I got some tricks up my sleeve. Yeah. The way that this is going to go down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Chef's kiss. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be something. And not just for me, but for the, how it's going to be set up and the way that yeah. it's going to be done. It's going to be 
unlike yeah. anything that's ever been done. And it like, just shows surely. a whole other level of confidence and personal connection to the sport or whatever it is that you're doing, I think, is, is when you can show up and do that chef's kiss. It's like, yeah. this is my thing. <laughs> this is what I've spent so, tens of thousands of hours on, and this, you know, this is what I got to show for it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this other switch, switching gears kind of okay. randomly here, but this there's one topic that I thought you would um, get a kick out of. Sure. Um, this kind of lends itself nicely, like overall health and stuff too. So we can yep. go down that rabbit hole for the time that we have left. Um, and you do a lot of ice bath, cold <laughs> shower type stuff. You won't catch me in a cold shower, but ice baths okay. and cold plunges. A cold I love showers, it. not too... it's like being tickled. It's awful. I, I like being submerged. You can't submerged. do cold showers. No, I Get like being submerged. <laughs> you find it easier? Yes. Really? Yeah. It's nowhere near as cold though. Cold showers. I, don't know. I honest to be honest, I haven't tried a cold shower in quite some time. Okay. So you cold like the plunges are my my go-to. Yeah. So now, when people say. Okay, so I've been doing like Wim Hof method for, or at least I've been familiar with it for mm-hmm. six, seven years now. So a while. More than me, actually, then. Yeah. yeah. Um, not necessarily like practiced it, mm-hmm. but the breath work and just familiar with him, you know, for a while. Yeah. Now all of a sudden it's like pe- people are like, oh, it's all over. I love Instagram it. and stuff. And I'm like, Oh, I don't know. I'm, you know, yeah, I'm kind of I unaware. I love it. I mean, I mean, you're always going to have someone on the sidelines be like, Oh, it's just a trend. You're giving into this, whatever trend thing, but, uh, it is trendy. Them. It is trendy. It is right trendy. Now. I love that it's trendy right now because I think there's so many great benefits that come from it. So the more people that get to, you know, at least try it on and immerse themselves in it and see if it's good for them or not, then the better. Uh, when you say cold plunge, yeah. What does that actually mean? Does that mean like you're in and out quick? Or is that just like the term that is used for That would be the term I use, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my minimum I try to go in for is usually about two minutes. Okay, sometimes, so it's good. Sometimes it'll depend. Uh, I, I, I always show up and say two minutes is my goal. I usually talk myself down to, okay, just sit there for 10 seconds. And it usually ends up being much longer no, the, the two minute mark, but mm-hmm. sometimes it just hits you a little bit different. <laughs> right. I got a whole bunch of things that we can talk about, but yeah. the note that I made, yeah. uh, train your nervous system. So that's, that's really, mm-hmm. if you boil down four, it seems to be the magic number. So the four tenets of the training that I'm doing, one of them is train your nervous system. Okay. When you are preparing for extreme stress, extreme pain, ripped shoulders, ripped hands, awake for longer than people should be awake for, okay. um, things of that nature, ultimately what you can boil it all the way down to is how does your body handle stress? That is, this, that is the fundamental deconstructed all the way down base level. Yeah. That's what it is. I find cold water has this very magical ability <laughs> to do that in a very controlled way, as Absolutely. controlled as you make it, yep. essentially. Yeah. And it the the pain sensation of cold water is so it, it just like it hits you like a sledgehammer. Like it, it's just like all encompassing, hits you, you gotta deal with it, you gotta yep. focus on it. Yeah. Um what has your experience been with the ice bath cold plunge work? 
It's been all over the place. So okay. I, I got, <laughs> yeah, I got thrown into it with uh, a group of friends. That's when I started doing it regularly. We'd go out every Saturday. We started off in the winter in the ocean, um, pro progressed kind of to like Lynn Canyon. Now I love going out to Squamish where you get, you know, the glacial water running mm -hmm. down and it's, it's, it's truly really cold, especially in the river. The moving water is a whole it's other savage. story from like stationary yeah, yeah. water. Yeah. Um, and I have so, I've had so many different experiences with it. I love going individually, pushing my limits when, you know, I could walk away and no one would know the difference but me. Um, it comes down to self-discipline in that sense. I love the, the connection that I get with nature when I'm, when I'm doing cold plunges outdoors, which is where I do it most of the time. Um, a big one of, a, a big part of it for me is like the mental shift that I get when I do it alone. It's, it's understanding that my body is experiencing something and it's awful, but I can calm my mind beside it. My mind can just kind of sit there as an observer, completely calm and think about the feelings that the body is experiencing and you know, sit sit with it and be like, huh, that's that's interesting. Your toes, you can't feel them anymore. That's pretty cool. You've got pins and needles all around you. That's that's a fun feeling. And and to just be able to like calm your mind from like, shit, 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 shit. Like I can't do this. To being able to like, you know breathe through it and observe yourself in that situation, I think is very powerful and can apply to a lot of situations in life, whether that be training and pushing your maxes versus sitting in traffic when you get cut off by some idiot driver, you know, just to be able to calm your mind in those situations when your initial response is, you know, to, to react instead of just, uh, yeah, letting it pass. Mm -hmm. um, but I've also had lots of experiences in groups of people, lots of connections being made. I love cold plunging with first timers just to see what their experience is like. It's and, fun and to like, laugh at them. It's not, I don't laugh at them. It's just like the best. <laughs> oh, I they, do. they love it. They're like, this is crazy. I can't believe I can do that. And to like see someone, you know, do something that they they didn't think they were capable of is always a good vibe. And, you know, sometimes you just get your crazy, and I say that in the way that I'm also crazy, you know, your crazy nature hippies that is, I'm describing myself that way, who just love to get out in nature and just like, you know, howl at the moon kind of thing or just let off those like primal yells and just feel, it's, it's exhilarating, just feel like one with nature. It's, there's so many, so many different aspects to it. And um, a friend of mine actually runs Tality Spa in North Van. And I, I love going there as well because uh, it's just, you get, you meet the whole community of people that, you know, like the little bit more luxurious side of that where you have the sauna after, but you know, they're also, they have that same mindset and you know, they all love going and doing it outdoors as well. It's, it's a pretty cool community of people. As far as I do like the, I mean, I just like to laugh in general with at myself, with at other people. It's all good. Laughter's <laughs> laughter, right? Um, but I had a, a very memorable experience with a first timer. And uh, so at, uh, at the house we have a pool mm -hmm. and so it's, you get a big old ice bath in the back. It's nice, right? Yeah. Um, very convenient. And so she's like, oh, you know, I, I want to do it. I'm like, all right. I'm like, oh, we'll do it. You know, yeah. we'll do it. <laughs> so she came by and, and I'm like, all right. So, you know, let, let's get her going. And so she got in. Never done it before. Like, I, mm -hmm. I think she said, like, I took a 10 second cold shower once. Like, yeah. So very much nothing, right? Yeah. She ended up doing seven minutes. Wow, that's that's. And great. the the cool thing about it was, as much as I, I, I never I'm gonna push 
people like I push myself. So if you mm -hmm. want to do something, I'll help you do it, mm -hmm. you know, and I'll, I'll encourage you and I'll, I will do whatever it takes to keep you going to achieve what you want to achieve. Mm -hmm. Cause I apply that rule for myself and yeah. you know, my whole thing is, uh, I want to be the best version I can, but I want everyone else to be too. Mm -hmm. And if you're not into that, then, you know, middle finger and see you later. <laughs> right. I mean, that's it. I don't, yeah. I don't yeah. need you then. Right. Yeah. If that's the way you want to be. Um, but fortunately she fell in the good camp Sweet. and the cool thing was cause I've never seen myself from the outside doing mm -hmm. this, of course. Right. Yeah. So it was cool to be on the outside watching this person go through it. Cause like, I know what you're feeling. Like I've felt it. I know what you're feeling. Yeah. And so the thing that I kept telling her was, um, when, so I'm like, okay, here's some, here's the breathing technique. Here's the Wim Hof while you're in there. That'll mm -hmm. help. Um, when you feel like you can't do anymore, I need you to vocalize it so that I know. Like, I don't want yeah. you just to get up and leave. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. Just tell me that yeah. I feel like I'm done. Okay. And she said it three or four times throughout the course wow, of that seven yeah. minutes. And what I said to her, which I don't, at this point, I don't remember where I found the source for it because I use it for myself. It might have been... Wim might've been Wim Hof. I'm not okay. exactly sure. But when you feel physically like you reach a point where you can no longer go, you need to tell yourself that what you're really experiencing, it's just a barrier. And the only thing you need to concern yourself with right now is that single barrier that's in front of you. Mm -hmm. Not, I got to be in here for three more minutes. No, 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 no. You only got to deal with this barrier right here, right now. It's actionable, it's immediate, it's tactical because it serves the greater strategic purpose, yeah. right? It's immediate within your control. It's a great strategy. Which is to say that you got it. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. And so I basically told her, I'm like, okay, this is just the barrier. Work through the barrier. Go under the barrier, go around it, go through it, over, whatever you got to do. It's just a barrier. Just work your way through it. Stay calm. And then sure enough, it's like, cool, she worked through it and then cruising, cruising, cruising. Whoa, here comes another yep. one. Okay. Stay calm. Don't worry. And I think just like that ability to be, to know yeah. that you're going to be okay. And all you have to do is whatever's right in front of you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so she ended up staying in for like seven minutes yeah. and, and I think it was a couple years, it was a year or two ago. And, and I talked to her recently and she said, she's like, I got to think about that pretty frequently. Yeah. Like, that's great. You know, it's like applicable that's, to life. that's cool, you know? Yeah. And that's exactly it. Because like, especially the, the driver cuts you off in traffic. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's amygdala, the brain okay. region where that would be. Yeah. That's triggering that fight or flight response. I yeah. think is the amygdala. Forgive me if I'm wrong. Um, but that's what the cold water training does. And that's why I incorporate it into what I'm doing because mm -hmm. it's like, I'm going to have control over mm -hmm. how I'm going to handle and perceive stress. This is coming from someone who was shit at handling pressure four or five years ago, mm -hmm. which is why I'm like, what can I do? Because all pressure is, it's just a recognition that the stakes are high. Yeah. And are you going to crumble or are you going to be okay? Mm -hmm. And I frequently would crumble. And I'm like, yeah, no, we're done with that. We, we can be better than that because it's like you're falling below your capabilities, which is also kind of annoying because it's like, if this was practice, yeah. you'd be fine. Yeah. But now it's the game and you're not fine. 
Exactly. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta practice how you want to play. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, that part was interesting. I'm curious with your cold water experience, yeah. have you been in cold water to the point where you start to feel warm? Have you had that experience yet? I wouldn't say warm, but I would say it doesn't feel cold anymore. Okay. Yeah. But not warm? Not warm. Okay. I, I've heard that's not the best sign. <laughs> well, in terms of, I think of people, people when they get hypothermia, their bodies will start to get warm. That's right. Yeah. And then they die happy. That's right. Yeah. That's a and bit that's different a little, from what I'm talking about. Concerned. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's not what you're talking about. Yeah. I've, I've had it twice. I've okay. had that experience twice. The first time it freaked yeah. me out where I'm like, what How? the hell is happening? At what point can you, can you elaborate temperature? How long were you in there for? Uh, I was in there over five minutes. Yeah. Um, it was cold, you know, like November, yeah. November okay. water. So I don't know. Ocean, Link Canyon. No, it's Guamish. the, it's the pool. Right. So, okay. I gotcha. I mean, right. there was Backyard. like a little bit of ice on it. Gotcha. You know, okay. so it was cold. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the first time it like genuinely freaked me out because I'm like, what the hell is happening? Can't say um, I've had that. Yeah. The second time I like wrote it out, I'm like, oh yeah. I was like, I had my chest got all big. You know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. But yeah, it's, it's just that, um, yeah, you get to that point where um, you just kind of, like you're good. I'll, I'll live, nah. I'll live here. You know, I'll live here. Um, I've, ha I've had it happen to the point and I think it was more so beginning of like summer months in Lynn Canyon where it's just like, okay, my body's used to this. And yeah. you know, I'd be at like the 10 minute point and be like, okay, it's not getting any colder. Mm -hmm. Um, I've done one up in Squamish a long time ago and it was probably the longest, well, it's definitely the longest cold plunge I'd done, but the longest I had been even, um, anything below that in that water temperature, um, in terms of up to that point, I was probably maybe in it for like maximum 30 seconds. Like I could, I couldn't get quite that cold yet. And I know I did it for about 13 minutes. It was just, my mind needed a whole mental reset. And I just kind of relied on the water to take my, my brain off of it for a little while. And there was definitely, I, it wasn't an ego thing, but there was definitely a, I shouldn't have pushed myself that far <laughs> when I got out of it. Um, I think I was a little bit lightheaded. I was definitely struggling to get myself, my body temperature regulated again after that. That I don't want to push myself that far again. I think a lot of people who cold plunge can probably relate to that where they've, they've pushed themselves just a little bit too far and you kind of learn your limits within it. And I mean, I guess a lot of athletes have that as well. If you go push yourself just a little too far, you get an injury and, and you learn from it. I think cold plunging is kind of similar. Whereas you, you just kind of know it's like, okay, I'm not going to do that again because you know, you're getting all the benefits from, I think it's something like 12 minutes per week in the water. So you don't need to push for the 13 mm -hmm. in one session just but yeah it's fun yeah. nonetheless depending on your definition yeah. of fun yeah but I'm yeah like the, the like this coming winter i'm like yeah i got i got a few things planned where i'm like mm -hmm. this is basic this is like borderline like not 
cool. Like, this yeah. is, like, borderline dangerous to do. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we're going to fucking do it, you know? There's a thin line between dangerous and exciting and adrenaline yeah. rush and stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, t- and I'm, we, I'm basically, I'm, I'm touching the line, but staying yeah. on the yeah. side of the line. Okay. You don't cross yeah. it, but you you're, it. you're touching, like, you're, it's right there, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, but again, it, it all depends on, for regular, everyday people, would not recommend it. This is not advice. I'm just saying what I'm going to be doing because um, okay. I do very weird, abnormal things, and that's just the way it is. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that, but, yeah, the, the, there is something very um, – you talk about honest, right? There, there's something very mm-hmm. pure about that type of experience um, mm-hmm. that cold water uh, does. I think it just does it in such an immediate way, which mm-hmm. is just from a practical perspective is always mm-hmm. nice. Um, but, yeah, so it's yeah, interesting. It's- do you, do you find that the lessons that you've learned from your uh, cold water work for calisthenics, competition, training, are there anything, any uh, lines that you can draw between, okay, I learned Absolutely. that and applied it? Yeah. Um, I think I touched on this a little bit. It was that if you can separate your mind from reacting to observing, it's, it's, a, it's a great... Yeah way that you can apply that to training statics and I I specifically remember I was training planche which I oh that skill will be the death of me but (laughs) uh, I remember I was training it one time after I had kind of a breakthrough in a cold plunge earlier in the week where I was just like observing myself in that situation and how my body was reacting with a calm mind and then in that planche, I was like, I was able to take that same mindset and be like, okay, my forearms are burning right now. My abs are engaging. I'm pushing up, rounding through my shoulders as much as I can. I'm, my breath is increasing. My blood flow is, is, um, is going faster and, and my body's getting hotter. I'm sweating. And like, you can, you can take that step out of your mind and be like, this is how these individual little parts of my body are all working in order to be able to maintain this skill that I'm trying really hard to stay in. And then rather than just being like, this is hard, I can't do this. It's only been five seconds. I'm able to just, you know, think about how my body is handling and handling it and how I can do my best to handle it even better. And before you know it, you know, 20 seconds goes by, 25 seconds goes by. So it's, yeah, definitely applicable when it comes to those, like, you know, you, you're committed, the fight or flight, you're committed to this and you're going to go hard or you're going to give up on yourself. Mm-hmm. I like it. Thank I like you. It. Thank you. It's good stuff. Uh, I got a little, I probably should have put this at the beginning, but I actually <laughs> think this will be good to conclude on. Great. Um, so before handing it over to you for um, closing remarks, I just wanted to say that what was very, um, talk about instinct, right? You know, mm-hmm. we're, one of the things that we're talking about today and the way that we came to interact. So the, we have a mutual friend Yes. and actually, pardon me, let me back up. So I purchased synchronicity by Carl Jung. Okay. I'm going to read Carl Jung and I'm going to get it. You know, I'm going to get it. It's so challenging. I'm like, this guy's so smart. I'm just missing all of this shit, (laughs) but I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Um, but really t- thinking about instinct and doing the things that when it comes to instinct now I don't negotiate anymore I have mm-hmm. total trust in my instinct so if yeah. my instinct is saying go left or don't go left I don't reason I don't rationalize I just yeah. go got it and we just do it 
and I have yet to be wrong. So let that be a lesson, I suppose. Uh, so the way that I came to meet the mutual friend that we have mm -hmm. was under the most unusual and strange circumstances that don't make any <laughs> rational sense to me. All right. However, I am very grateful for. And when Julia and I kind of became friends and, and started talking to each other, mm -hmm. um, one of the things like I remember, I remember so clearly. So when you follow someone on Instagram, it automatically shows up like related accounts to yep. follow. I don't know yeah. what it's called or whatever. Um, so yours was one of the first couple that came up. Okay. Clicked on it, looked at it, I'm like, shit, she does some crazy shit, follow, right? Done. Yeah. Uh, whatever, months go by. No idea that the two of you actually knew each other. Okay. I just was like, oh, it's some girl doing flips and shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, like, cool, all yeah. right, sounds good. Um, and then once I kind of figured that you were local, it was uh, you were doing one of your Kits Beach retreats and I'm yeah. like well Kits Beach it's like here yeah um so I kind of clued in and then I talked to Julia I'm like like who is this like do you know her mm -hmm. oh yeah we're friends blah, blah, blah. I'm like holy yeah. shit yeah and so you talk about she's that a, she's a badass yeah she's right? crazy she's, yeah she's such she, a strong athlete yeah, she does yeah. some wild shit yeah and um and and so at the time I wasn't training for what I'm training for yep a few months go by and I'm like hmm you know, wheels turning and that instinct where I'm like, I need to do this stuff. I need to train in this way. I need to understand these body mechanics. Can't tell you why, can't mm -hmm. tell you why, but I just know that it's the right thing to be doing. Yeah. Um, and so now we've just kind of started training. We're a few weeks in and, mm -hmm. and you know, going to be doing it for the next little while. Um, a lot of fun doing this podcast too. I figured like, man, she seems like the podcast type. So we'll get, I love it. Yeah, we'll yeah, get her on here pretty quick. It. Right. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's all worked out really well, very grateful for it. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was, it is endlessly fascinating how certain things come together and, you know, I kind of have one eye on the future, obviously, cause mm -hmm. you're working towards something. So you always have to have one eye to the future and I think the other eye is more present and then it kind of every once in a while peeks into the past for pull some lessons out of there and bring it up and then how we can move all these things along. Um, so it's just been a very enjoyable process for me mm -hmm. um, and just like I said endlessly fascinating and I think once the dust settles um, and everything is said and done that's kind of when I figure everything will make a whole lot more sense um, as far as like really appreciating the decisions that were made and, yeah. and how it all went down. And, yeah. um, but it's very, it's really cool for me to have you train me. Cause like, you're kind of like a mini celebrity to me where I'm like, <laughs> cause like I would watch your stuff. I'm like, this is great. Like I didn't, I didn't think, right. I'm like, man, this is like crazy, you know? Um, and, you. and yeah. now to be like, yeah, you know, learning from you is, is awesome. And your general disposition is great you know so it's you also want you know I want someone who's excellent at what they do but you also want the personalities to yeah, mesh right it. so you. you know yeah, you're a good you person so, so you, that rings true yeah, yeah um so yeah so it's just uh just kind of wanted to say for the for the listeners who just a little more context it's it's very cool from my perspective this is like it's a really like I feel very grateful and I'm like it's just cool you know 
Um, so yeah, just want to say. Well, thank, thank you. you yeah, that. for anyone yeah. listening and watching, I've got the biggest smile on my face because that was that was the kindest thing. So thank you so much. Oh yeah. great. Yeah. Um, and so before we uh, let loose for today, um, yeah. tell us where to find you. Tell us some of the stuff that you're doing, uh, like anything upcoming, yeah. and um, just any closing remarks for today's podcast. Yeah. Um, well, you can find me. I'm on Instagram, Jess Saint John J E S S S T J O H N. I also run the Calisthenics Vancouver page, uh, so you can look that up. It's linked in my bio if you don't know how to spell calisthenics, because I did not when I started. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Currently, I've got a few projects underway. We just wrapped up a competition, and I've got a few workshops going on at the moment. So we're looking to likely do some meetups at Kids Beach in the upcoming month or so, hopefully when we get some better weather conditions Mm -hmm. without the BC smoke. Um, But... uh, yeah, you can uh, check out either my personal page or the Calisthenics Vancouver page for that. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, Thank thanks you. for being here, Jess. Thank you so much for having me.